This is a HeadGum Podcast. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're not just super. They're not just special. They're the super specials. Both of us are in varying degrees of ill health. You were just getting over a cold, mm-hmm. which has mm-hmm. cost you your hearing. Yep, in a dramatic and troubling way. I am just ramping up into a cold. I'm still in that heady, like energetic uh, phase right before the cold really hits you, where you're a little sniffly and your throat kind of hurts, and maybe you can kind of fend it off and you're not quite sure. Enjoy it while you can. Once you lose your hearing, it really goes downhill. This is the fun part. My This is like the upswing of the roller coaster. We work at the same company, but I work at the New York office and you work at the Austin office. Mm-hmm. My office has been plagued by this cold. Mm. It's been tearing through everyone, and everyone yeah. just insists on coming in and being like, no, it's not contagious anymore. <laughs> and did you go to work today? I went to work today, yeah. So you, now you're one of those people, huh? <laughs> except, <laughs> except I'm not showing <laughs> symptoms. Oh, so you're like holding your cost back and you think that you're like the fucking hero of this story? I'm like sh- like shaking like- and sweating. <laughs> People are like, you okay? I'm like, yes. <clears throat> yes. <clears throat> oh, I just ran up some stairs. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> yeah, good. All right, well, that's that's nice. I'm glad to hear that you're the fucking hero of major media company that we work for. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure so will the ones of people from our company who have bothered to listen to our podcast but we've got tonight jack tonight tonight, tonight when you're our night you're feeling good i'm feeling good we've got yeah. tonight we've got tonight um i'm gonna take my shirt off oh whoa he's doing it baby nation there it goes ow what do we say we we intro in a certain way oh attention campers and counselors i don't do we say that every time we got to say something every time, and that's all we have. Well, that's a new book and a new destination now, though. We got to think of a different thing to say every time we intro? Well, they're not at camp. They kind of are. Let's go to the text and figure out uh, what they say. What do you mean, what they say? I'm looking. Come on. Um. Okay, so the Georges don't actually ever say anything. They don't ever okay. actually welcome the girls, is what I'm Yeah, because it's like all hands on deck. Yeah, it's all hands on deck because of the bus crashes. Yeah. And Claudia's talking about candy machines a lot. Yeah, she takes she takes them on a tour of the lodge, and she looks at every candy machine on every floor. That's Anne humor. Anne humor, yeah. She just takes them. She's like, this one has Snickers. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, so I guess the Georgians Attention, don't say anything. campers and I don't, counselors. I just don't think that's it's another be week. It, okay, I I gave you a surprising amount of time to come up with an alternative, and you floundered. Okay, um, you really want to dwell here? No, I just I. Okay, okay, let's just keep it in mind for next time. We could do the camp one again this time, I guess. But next time, let's remember that we need like it's we can't just do the camp thing each time. Okay. Attention, campers and counselors. It's another week, and that means it's time for another super special for you, super babies. I'm Jack Shepard. I am Tanner Greenring. And this week, we're going to be talking about a super special called Babysitter's Winter Vacation by... Ann Martin. No, 
The Ocean Princess, The Space Mountain, The Fast-Fingered Swordman, and The Knife, Martin. Okay, I have some pitches for this week. I've got some, too. Let's hear it. I've got two. Okay. Or maybe three. Okay, let's hear them. My first one is Three-Fingered Willie. (laughs) (laughs) Who is that in this? Um, I think Three-Fingered Willie was the antagonist of one of the ghost stories that the teachers were telling. Those are fucking crazy. They tell the craziest stories. They have Super Babies. They have a ghost story night where, like, there are a bunch of activities. There's skiing, there's skating, and then one of the nights it's ghost stories. And, like, the teachers take it in turns telling ghost stories, and they're, like... They're like scary stories you would tell in the dark, but without a twist. Like, all of the ghost stories are like, there's this couple. They're driving home in the snow, and their car breaks down. Well, they're listening to a radio report about an escape mental patient. An escape mental patient. And their car breaks down, and they hear this tapping on the window. And it was the escape mental patient, and he kills them both! Yeah, he kills them. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) That's the story. Okay, so, three-fingered Willie's in the running. Yeah. Um, Dimples Howard... Okay, I don't think Anne wants it. Think about it this way, Tanner. This is, Anne is telling us what she wants us to call her. Right. In the first book, she wanted us to call her the Ocean Princess. In the second book, it was very clear that she wanted us to call her the Fast-Fingered Sword Man and the Knife Martin. I don't think she wants us to call her Dimples Howard. Okay, well, then I think I have it. I think I have it for sure. Okay. The Frugal Master. (laughs) Okay. That's that's one that's in the ghost stories? No, it's um it's it's in the talent show. The show continued. The Flugelmeister was a big hit, despite the fact that Terry introduced him as the Frugal Master. There's also the insane murderer. Because she's frugal with language. She's frugal with language. The frugal master. She okay. needs to keep these books concise and appropriate for preteen girls. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm with you on that. I think that you found it. The so frugal let me, master. Can I take it from the top? Or okay, Teensy Moose Man. Teensy Moose Man comes up as well, <laughs> and I wrote that down in my potential epithets yeah. section. Teensy Moose Man does. After breakfast, this is something that Marianne says. After breakfast, I decided to interview three of the old time lodge employees. One was Marie Castleman the head housekeeper, who was at least 75 years old, and one was Teensy Moose Man. Yeah. What I like about Teensy Moose Man is it's it's like an oxymoron. Yeah. Because m- mooses are Meese. big. Yeah. Meese. <laughs> Meese are big. Yeah. And this is Teensy Moose Man. But again, I think that Anne is going to want, with these epithets, she's always going to want something that's flattering to her. That's who she is. Okay. So how about the Frugal Master? The Frugal Master. So let me take it from the top. I'm Jack Shepard. Tanner Every week we read a super special by the Ocean Princess, the Space Mountain, the Fast-Fingered Swordman, the Frugal Master, and the Knife Martin. And this week we're going to be talking about a super special called The Babysitter's Winter Vacation. I forgot to say the name of the podcast. It's the Baby The Babysitters Club, Club Super Club. Club. And, and I'm Tanner Greenring, and you're the Super and, Babies, and he's and Jack, Jack Shepard. Yes. And she's the Fast Finger Swordman. Yep. And the Teensy Moose Man. We're going to get better at this, Super Babies. It's, and the we're three still Willy. fledglings here. We're still kind of feeling out our, our paces here. 
So bear with us. Um, we've got a lot to talk about this week. What a long book. Oh, my God. It was so long. It just kept on going. Can you believe how long these books are? It's crazy. I will just never get over how long these you books read, are. To give you a sense of how long they are, Super Babies, if you've ever read a Babysitter's Club book, yeah. you'll, this will be a useful unit of measurement. It's like you read a Babysitter's Club book's worth of book. Right. And then you got to read another one. And then you just read another one. And it's and like, then you're hey, finished. do that every week. Yeah, do it every week. They're great. Don't get me wrong. This was tons of fun. There's ghosts. There's a war. The Dark King rises. There's two bus crashes. The Dark King rises. Trip Man is in it. Trip Man makes an appearance. Remember Trip Man? He's back. Oh, he's back. Let's talk about this novel. Okay. Here's some resonant texts. Okay. The Shining, obviously. Number obviously, one. Obviously, she mentions the Overlook Hotel. She does mention the Overlook Hotel? Yeah. Oh. Well, Wait, yes. You... <laughs> Can I read the passage that you obviously didn't pull up, Tanner? <laughs> I think I do remember her talking about this, but like the whole book, it's essentially just a retelling of The Shining. It's a retelling of The Shining. Here's a, here's a passage early on. I know why she drew her breath in like that. It's because although the lodge looks big from the outside, you don't feel its vastness until you're inside. Have you ever seen that Stephen King movie, The Shining? Remember the Overlook Hotel where all the scary things happen? Remember how big it was? Well, that's pretty much the way the lodge looks. Yeah. So, yes, The Shining. I would say it's more of a Kubrick movie than it is yeah. a Stephen King movie. I think Stephen King famously despises The Shining he hates film. It. He hates it. Also, I've been there. I live by there. I grew up by there. That's bad. The I, I grew up in a town near Estes Park, which is where the Overlook Hotel is, where they filmed the Overlook Hotel, or where the that's, Overlook Hotel was based on. That's horrifying. Yeah. Other resonant texts. Yeah. The Whisper in the Darkness by H.P. Lovecraft. Okay. About uh, an estate deep in the, the verdant hills of Vermont where all manners of mischief occur. I buy that. I haven't read it. Okay, well, I've pitched two. Do you have any others, resonant texts? You do have here the Galazian Decree. Oh, right. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, of course. You caught that one as well. Yep, I have a note about that as well. Then the buses began to empty out, and us SMS students, all 382 of us, trooped inside the building and into what must have been the world's largest cafeteria. 382, Tanner, the year of the Council of Rome, and... Galazius. The Galazian Decree. Sure. It's a list of canonical books. There we go. By Pope Galazius. Right. Ascribed to Pope Galazius. Yeah. So it's interesting that Anne, in this, in, we're in this liminal space between the Babysitter's Club books and the super specials, where we're trying to decide what is and what isn't canonical, and that Anne should put this sly reference... To the year 382, which, as everybody knows, is the year of the Galatian Decree, which sure. uh, kind of determined which books of the Bible were canonical. Sure. Decretum Galatianum. Yep. My the... favorite decree. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Okay. I love it. I feel it. like you, you may have lost the book of Nicodemus in that decree, which is a good one. That has the harrowing of hell. Oh, Yeah. Aren't there some fucked up books of the Bible? Did we just talk about this recently? 
we didn't just talk about it, but yes, there are like the book of Nicodemus, whereby during the three days between Jesus's death and resurrection, he goes into hell and like cleans it out. That's cool. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's like a, a ghostwriter or something. Um, you want other resonant texts? We've got Hamlet. The Decretum Galazinum. There's the this beautiful quote of the darkness. From, beautiful quote from Hamlet. Shining the Hamlet. I'll read it to you and just takes takes some liberties and, and quotes an entire passage from Hamlet. Yep. My big sister is in high school and she's in the drama club and she teaches me things all the time, says one of the babysitter's club charges. Right. Listen to this. A bee or not a bee? Huh. This is a question. If it's more noble to die, well, then I'll just have to die with my boots on. Back up? Yeah. Back up for a second? Okay. Let's explore the beginning of that. Okay. A bee? A bee or B-E-E. not a bee? It's from Hamlet. This is a question. This is a question. Yeah. A question that uh, that I, I feel like you and I have asked <laughs> many, many I, times. I think so, too. A bee or not a bee? A bee or not a bee? And people have, people have called us crazy for asking this question. Right. But we got it from the bard. We got it from the bard and took it from the bard and put it in this book. A bee or not a bee, she says, this is a question. Now, here's a question. Here's a question. Are they bees? Are they bees? Are they not bees? Thanks for asking the question, Anne. I think we've already answered it. And I don't don't know if there's more to say on the topic. Anne clearly wanted us to cast our gaze outward this week. Yeah. She wanted us focused on the Galatium decree she mm-hmm. wanted us focused on the works of shakespeare she wanted us focused on hp lovecraft stephen king but we know better yeah we won't be beguiled by Anne's misdirection certainly not and we got We've to been the at this, of this game book. for too long been been at this game too long and mm-hmm. i took a million notes mostly yeah. about nicknames potential nicknames for Anne. <laughs> um, but i also wrote i mean sorry i also um was just thinking just now kind of yeah. off the cuff top of my head like oh yeah. if i were to describe this book how like how would i oh you think about it beforehand i like when i used to do them i like i just i didn't think about it until you said hey describe this book and yeah no 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 i mean i just started like i just now started thinking about it in anticipation yeah. of just like kind of jumping in and doing it and i've no, stopped that makes no, sense. No, no, no. i've stopped thinking about it now yeah. so i don't yeah. want to like i'm not putting any like ideas in my own head or like pressuring myself in any way like, yeah anything i do or say ongoing is yeah. going to come from a place of pure raw like talent yeah, I'm just trying to think back to when I first like did that, like in the early days when we first did the podcast when we were feeling out whether I thought about it at all before. Right. And like I'm just trying to like empathize with you. Yeah. And like I think maybe I did once. So I get it. Like when you're like kind of new at it, you have to think about it before a little bit. No. No, so yours, I understand. yours definitely showed yeah. that there wasn't yeah. a lot of thought <laughs> okay. or craft behind okay. it. Well, uh, how about you describe the book? Um, and then oh jeez, we'll... <laughs> okay. You really put me on the spot, but yeah, I guess I can. I guess I can think about something. What I would say about this book. Then we'll do my ninety-second rundown. Okay. <clears throat> um. Oh boy, really on the spot here, huh? Yeah. I guess um, I should come up with something. Okay. So you got it. When the youth of New England visit the Leicester Lodge, 
they don't come out the same people that they were when they checked in. An unassuming young woman, so demure and timid in her normal life, dedicates her time in the lodge to researching the occult, sacrificing a piece of herself, her story, her words, to her dark master thousands of miles away. Another young woman, stalwart in her pursuit of the truth, falls victim to fantasy and hyperbolism, spinning false narratives designed to condemn, harass, and damage those closest to her. But the Lester Lodge does not just taketh. The Lester Lodge also giveth for a price. Take, for example, the tale of one resident, a chaperone who finally met the man of her dreams back home, a handsome young reporter named Chuck Winchester, just to be driven away, isolated from him, trapped in a tomb of snow and ice. And let's not forget the children of Conway Cove, whose journey through the storm was marred by catastrophe and trauma, but who were allowed to live thanks to the benevolence of the Lodge. No, nobody leaves the Lester Lodge, not without first settling their bill. Just hope that the price isn't too high to pay. Babysitter's Club Super Special Number 3. Babysitter's Winter Vacation. Whew. I feel like we have nothing left to talk about. Yeah, no, I just like, ooh. I just, I... That all just came out of your dumb... You, you said words like demure and hyperbolism? Yeah, I'm not that's even sure hyperbolism is a real word. It's almost certainly not, but that's what's floating around in that big brain of yours? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. It just came out of me. I just entered this this state, and it's just like pure creative energy flowing really out impressive. of impressive. Yeah. If, if I had known when I was doing these, but, you know, and whatever, I consider myself a rank amateur compared with you. Yeah. If I had known that I could could do them as long as the whole book was right i would definitely would have taken more liberties no you, you know? should have you should have done <laughs> yeah. them you should have gone on longer yeah you know yeah powerful stuff i'm glad that you picked up on the same thing that i did i have a section here just called chuck winchester <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a whole chuck winchester narrative oh super babies uh how to talk about this um okay well do you guys remember chuck winchester from our last series yeah the babysitter's club club he's like he's the cub reporter for the stony brook gazette yeah he like shows up to all like the stony brook middle school events to cover them but he has so much more in him but he's also like a pulitzer prize winner yeah like, yeah <laughs> i think he found his way according to i think I believe our canon. Mm-hmm. He found his way to Stony Brook after an illustrious career as a a war photographer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he is one of the most talented r- reporters ever to work for the Stony Brook Gazette, and he is somewhat misused. But he comes and obviously took note of that. I thought that was something that you and I just kind of pulled together ourselves. But and clearly no, took no, no. note of that. Yeah, there's a um, section in this novel where. Chrissy's gym teacher in a beautiful moment. Um, Chrissy and her gym teacher hate each other. Yeah, they hate each other. I don't remember her name. Do you? Uh, Mrs. Halliday. Yeah. Um, no, it's, but it's Marianne. No, I think it's Christy. Oh, no. oh, sorry. Christy, Christy loves her gym teacher, but Marianne 
hates her gym teacher. Right. And Marianne and Miss Halliday, the gym teacher, truly hate each other. But they have this interaction where, like, Marianne catches Mrs. Halliday crying and suddenly sees the human side of her. Right. This didn't sound like the screaming gym teacher I remembered, so I told her about Logan. Then she told me about her fiancé. He was a reporter for our Stony Brook newspaper. And boy, did she ever miss him. It turned out they'd never been separated for more than a couple of days. It's nice that Anne decided to give Chuck Winchester a happy ending. Yeah, like a ba- like a life and a backstory and a love He marries interest. the gym teacher. Right. He's a war photographer. He comes home and he marries the local gym teacher. Oh, what a it's like a a tale out of a uh it's like John Hemingway. Cougar Mellencamp song. <laughs> okay. I was thinking Hemingway. Yeah. I was thinking John Cougar Mellencamp. Tanner, I'm I, I'm in so inspired by your description that I want to extemporaneously describe this novel as well. Now, here's the thing about your description. Yeah. Mine was long. Yeah. And comprehensive. Mm-hmm. Yours needs to be brief, 90 seconds. Yeah. And comprehensive. comprehensive. Yeah. I know. I'm aware. I'm aware of the stakes here. Are you capable of pulling that off? Yes. Okay. If you insist that you're capable and prepared to do so... I'm yeah. going to put 90 seconds. Oh, he's now he's gone. He's gone. He's opening a beer. On a big bad clock, mm-hmm. for you to describe this novel in its entirety, are you ready? Okay. I am starting in five. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, wait. Four, wait. Okay, wait. No, three. wait. No, wait. Okay, fine. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, the babysitters are going on a winter vacation. Everybody is going to the Lester Lodge. All 382 members of Stony Brook Middle School are on a trip, a ski trip, but there's a bus crash. Their bus crashes. It's super freaky, but they make it to the lodge. Um, Once they're there, all of the different babysitters are very much on their own journeys. Mary Ann is... Super mopey about Logan. She's worried that Logan, who is in Aruba, who is one of the few middle school students who couldn't make it to the trip, uh, is making out with hot beach babes in Aruba. Uh, And so she spends the whole time worrying about that. Christy, on the other hand, her journey is that she desperately wants to win the Winter Wars. The Winter Wars is this battle of wits between all of the people at the lodge. Um, where they do ice skating and cross-country skiing, and Christy is, like, obsessed with winning the Winter Wars. At some point early on, another bus crash happens, and it's a bunch of babies. It's a bunch of baby cities who crash, and a bunch of people die, and there's, like, like horrible fatalities and injuries, but the baby cities are rescued, and the Babysitter's Club volunteers to look after them. Dawn is homesick. Stacy is in love with a guy called Pierre. Claudia is in love with a guy called Guy. Jesse is worried about racism. Mallory is worried about there being a dance, and she's spying on people again. And One. they look after the baby. Out of time! Out of time! Out of time! End Stop of talking! Stop talking! Good job. Good job. I gotta admit. Yeah. I was so busy focusing on the timer. Yeah. That I didn't hear much of what you said. Okay, great. But I'm assuming you got it all. What I did hear was something about... I exaggerated the number of fatalities on the bus. Okay. What did you say? I said there were a number of fatalities on the second bus crash. Well, so fatalities means... The bus driver broke his... Yeah. No, I don't think anyone died. There was a number of casualties on the bus. Yeah. 
Okay. Many, Sorry. many casualties. But, so you were interested in Marianne. No, I thought your interpretation of Marianne's story was was a little... It's It was interesting that that's how you interpreted it. Mm-hmm. And not how I think it was meant to be interpreted, which is I'm kind interested. of this, this complex story of a, a young woman who's dedicated her life to a dark lord and has decided to go through undergo this ritual as he himself is undergoing this ritual where she dedicates a piece of her soul to him so that he may rise in the hot, wet jungles of Aruba and overtake okay. the world. I did miss that. I feel like I may have caught a few things that stuck out at me that it, might piece into what you're talking about, but I would love for you to tease that out a little pretty bit. pretty persistent through the book. Yeah. Da-da-da. Okay, so... I'm going to write this book about my adventures here at the Lester Lounge and give it to you since you couldn't come. Your family has had that trip to the darn old island of Aruba plan practically forever. Now, I think this is our first clue. Since Logan was, scare quotes, born, Mm -hmm. they've had this trip to Aruba planned. Right. I think Aruba might be some kind of nexus. I think that... In order to complete the ritual summoning of whatever Logan is, whatever Logan the human is a vessel for, right? His family needed to go to Aruba. Right. I bu- I buy that. Okay. And here's my next note. I've got so many notes on this. It's just like okay. I, it would take forever to get through them all. But like she, Marianne says at some point, like they get in the car accident, the bus accident, and. It's unclear whether or not they'll make it to the lounge. And she says, thank goodness we were still going to the lodge. I'd have died if I couldn't have finished my book for Logan. Right. And okay. I think this is the pact that she has made. This is part of the, the ceremony. Like she's she required will die. to give a piece of her living soul via yeah. a written pact to Logan. Okay. And if she no, can't complete that, if she can't complete the pact, Logan's corporeal form down in Aruba, withers and dies, and that part of Marianne's soul that she's already prepared for the like corrupt new host yeah. will consume her and destroy her. Okay, well, so that squares with this thing that I noted, but I didn't know what to do with. Okay. So after the first bus crash, all of us readers of this novel were like, well, it's a super special. You got to expect some crazy shit's going to happen. But then there's a second bus crash. Yeah. And it's a bus full of children. Right. And a man dies. I don't, I'm not sure no, that he he's dies. A, he he's breaks a his casualty. Leg. He's a casualty. I mean, bus driver breaks legs his leg. Infected. There's blood. We don't know. A man dies. Casualty. Casualty. We don't know if he dies. He might die. Legs, broken legs can get infected. But it's, it's, in, it's intense. There are a bunch of babies on the bus. Everyone's screaming and crying. Uh, there are ambulances going back and forth. There's like blood everywhere. Right. It's the gore. I think it's apart from that time that Christy burned a man. Right. It's the goriest thing that's ever happened in the Babysitters Club. Certainly novels. At that moment, Christy is like, "Oh, maybe we can look after these babies." Jesse is like, "Oh, like I, I hope that I can do something to help." Dawn is like, "Like Dong." Dawn is like, "What can I do?" I stand ready to ferry babies back, back from the cold bus into the lodge. What does Marianne say? She says the following. You guys? Yes, said the rest of us club members. Could you do me a favor? 
You know the book I'm making for Logan? Yes, we said again. Well, considering what's just happened, I have a feeling this is going to be an unusual week. I want Logan to know what really goes on. I mean, not just from my point of view. So do you think you could each make a few notes every day? Just jot down things that happen to you or to anyone else? Whatever you think is important. Sure, the rest of us replied. Oh, great, said Marianne. Then I'll collect your notes at the end of each day and try to blend everything together so that Logan has a... Marianne stopped talking. She pointed to me, and I looked down at my sides. Which were, I assume, bleeding. Covered in blood. Yeah. Why is it that at that moment... So the baby, super babies, the... The novel, the, this is a conceit that Anne does. It, these, each of these novels is like a Russian doll. Yes. That's layers within layers within layers. The, the meta text is almost too much for us to handle. We it, almost it, can't it, talk about piss, it. A, a piss, a piss. Oh, epistolary. Epistolary. They're epistolary, but it's like, it's like the book is not just a book. It's... It's we're reading what the girls are writing to each other. But but it's also like it's a meta level above what the girls are writing to one another because they're because they've got these these intro handwritten intro parts where it's like we are all partaking in this in this ritual together in which we are filling out a journal together for Stacy or filling out a book that we're putting together for Logan. Right. And then, so we've got these we've these chapters, these these handwritten notes at the beginning, and then they kind of spin off into this this meta text, which is like fourth person. Yeah, and this one this one is the book of Logan. This is the book of Logan, man. And when Marianne gets the idea to write the book of Logan, is right at the moment of all of these fatalities, these casualties, this bloody bus accident, and then she's like. I know what I want to do with my time here. I want to I want to document this for Logan. I want to sing the praises of my dark lord Logan. Yeah. Yeah. And offer him this gift, this tribute of our word, our story. Yeah. And a piece of my soul, I think. Yeah. N- not even to mention the the virgin who was sacrificed by his side down in Aruba. Oh, oh right. There was a young lady in a bikini. I can't, do you have the passage? I do. Yeah. So Marianne is writing in her. So Marianne is also weirdly cataloging the history of the Lester Lounge. What is that? Can, L- uh, can I, Lodge. I keep that saying Lester Lounge, but it's There's called the reason. Lester Lodge. There's a reason. The Beast. The Beast. Yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page about this. <laughs> I just want to sidebar briefly and say to you that Marianne, it's it's. A given that Marianne is going to write a report about the history of this lodge, this ski lodge. She needs to for for credit and to help give a piece of her she soul and story to the Dark Lord. To yeah, okay. Well, so your your narrative actually makes sense of this. What we're given on the surface here is that Marianne explicitly says that like in the past, no one has ever wanted to write the history of the lodge. Right, but she. Just walk me through what's possibly happening here. Marianne has volunteered on this ski trip, where, by the way, they also already volunteer to just do full-time babysitting for a bus crash for yes. babies. Yeah. She's also going to write the history of the lodge. She's the only one who's doing it. She's the only one who's doing it. Yeah. 
But wh- why? What's she getting? At? What's anyone getting out of it? I think it gives her Dark Lord power. Yeah. Okay. I think that's right. Yeah. I think okay. he needs stories. Yeah. He needs souls. He needs experience. You have to believe in him for him to gain power. Yeah. He needs attention. So anyway, she's writing this history of the Lesser Lounge. Yeah. Lodge. Mm-hmm. I paused in my writing. I was picturing Logan on a beach in Aruba, lying on a towel next to some gorgeous girl, a girl who wasn't shy and who was good in gym. If that's not a description of a ritual sacrifice of a young yeah. virgin woman, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Yeah, not shy, good in gym. And like lying next to him on some kind of like prepared plinth, plinth, mm-hmm. her power leaving her body and being drawn into his. Yeah. I just think there's so many scenes of of ritual and ceremony in this book. Yeah, well, not to mention the fucking cover of this thing. Animal it's sacrifice. Listen. Does she sacrifice an animal? Tuesday was easy compared to Wednesday. With the winter war underway, I was running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Right. I know that sounds like a disgusting analogy, but my stepfather says it all the time. That's Christy. Wow. It's a dark book. It's very dark, Super Babies. It's very dark. And right on the cover of this novel, we have possibly the darkest thing of all. Do we know who paints the covers? I'm not sure we of the super specials? do know who paints the cover of the super specials. I, I assume, kind of judging on the stylistic choices that the painter makes that it mm-hmm. might be Haja Swallow. If heaven and hell decide to converge on Stony Brook and you don't depict a scene from the page of the book If there's no one in beside you and your soul in I will swallow you into the dark Haja Swallow himself. Yeah. My God. Uh, well, to be in the presence of such greatness. Hodges Swallow, Super Babies, is the Babysitter's Club art director. And what he's painted this week is a picture of all of the girls building on the cover of this novel a snow golem. Okay. Yeah. No, I see it now. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were building some kind of fortress, maybe to, to rival God itself. Yeah. But no, it looks like a it looks like a snow golem, and it's substantiated in the text here. This is an actual thing that happens. Yeah. Sorry, Christy replied. Our judge needs a few minutes to make her decision. Everyone, stand next to your snow mat. Excuse me, snow creature. Yes. So this is a origin story. Now, Jack. Yeah. Each week, you and I discuss. In the super special books, two beings that Anne introduces. Right. Yes. One true. is the monster and one is mm-hmm. the beast. Are you suggesting that the this snow golem is one of those two creatures? I think that may be the case. I so I know that I know what the monster is. Okay. Is it the snow golem? Because no. I know what the beast is. Sorry, I know what the beast is. Okay. The monster may well be this snow golem. Okay, interesting. The beast, I think we both know what it is. Yeah. And it's mentioned very explicitly. Anne thought she was hiding it from us. Right. 
but Marianne gives it away in the following passage. Ready for a week of fun, said Stacy. A week of contests, said Christy. A week away from home, said Mal uncertainly. A week of relaxation, said Jessie. A week of reading and lounging, I said. I am going to turn into the Lester Lodge lounge lizard. So there's our there's our beast. There is our beast. The lounge lizard. Well, she thinks she's she who knows what Marianne Marianne is like reading from the book of Logan and she probably has like bigger aspirations for herself than she's actually capable of. She right. thinks that if she performs her dark ritual she will be rewarded by being turned into this beast, this Lester Lodge lounge lizard, but that's unlikely. Right. But that's her aspiration. Um so we've got the beast, the lounge right. lizard. And right. you suspect that the snow golem right is the monster. The monster. It's either that or it's this fucking ghost. Well, so that's my so that's going to be my suggestion here. And yeah. that's what I was just frantically searching through my notes to find. Cuz I got it all I, right here. I've captured the the this corrupt man as the the monster. That was my initial impression. There's a corrupt ghost that is haunting but Super Babies, we're not making presence. this up. We're not making this up. There's a ghost in the, there's a ghost in the fucking lodge. No, yeah, Marianne researches it. She comes across this ghost in her research. And, and no one wants to talk story. about it. No, yeah, yeah. Everyone is every time she goes to the cook or the head the head gardener, Teensy Moose Man, yeah. or the head housekeeper, she says, Oh, I hear there's a ghost. And they all are just like, No ghost. I, I have to go. There's no ghost. I have to go. Yeah, I do you want me to read a passage? Yeah. Finally, I asked my big question. What about the ghost? Curtis suddenly lost the power of speech. He became as unresponsive as when I'd asked him about the ghost the last time. And here is all the most information we actually finally get about the ghost from the employees of the hotel, where Marianne finally drags it out of them. Yeah. And it's for, he gets it from the jo- the Georges, Mister George, who is understandably dismissive of the story because he wants to drum up business for his fucking. Keep in mind, keep lodge. in mind that the Georges are wealthy and pay out of yeah. their own pockets for children to come to the lounge. Yeah, this is oh, this is a fucking good point, Tanner. These Georges. They're presented as being heroes. They're like their whole fucking thing is like getting school buses full of kids to come to their lodge for the winter. Right. But they pay for it themselves. That's their business model. It's like they do it for free for Stony Brook Middle School, which is very wealthy. They have a state champion basketball team. Sure. And and somehow the Georges are like, no, bring your children. Bring your children. We invite all the children to the lodge. We will pay. We will pay. The lodge needs young blood. And then they get so fucking eager for it. Like this other bus full of uh, baby cities that crashed. Right. Like they gave them, like they were like, oh, you've won a contest. Yeah. And they got too fucking hungry and just like crashed the bus beforehand. Anyway, and then and then they like went out into the storm to like get the children. They're like, <laughs> no, the house needs the children. We'll yeah, go exactly. get them. 
This is such a fucking good point. And then here's what Mr. George says when Marianne's like, hey, Mr. George, I talked to a bunch of the staff here, and they're all terrified of this fucking ghost. Yeah. And he says, oh, the ghost story. Uh, It seems to have stemmed from the death of a visitor to the lodge in the late 1930s. One morning, he was found dead in his bathtub. No one knew what happened That's literally just the plot of The Shining. It is The Shining. That's the woman who, like, seduces... Yep. Jack Nicholas, the the golden bear. The golfer, yep. And yep. brings him into her hotel room and she turns out to be a gross zombie lady. Well, this is kind of ageist. Okay, go ahead. One morning he was found dead in his bathtub. No one knew what had happened to him. But when his relatives heard the news, they seemed awfully relieved. They seemed to think he was evil. One went so far as to say that he was in league with the devil. And none of them would agree to take his body away for burial. So he was buried in the woods here. The owner of the lodge took pity on the dead man. But as soon as he'd been laid to rest, visitors and workers here began reporting odd occurrences. Super and babies. Then, this is a yeah. quote from this fucking this children's book. <laughs> but then Mr. George is like, but I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> this man died in a bathtub and was in league with the devil. <laughs> And this is and they, this is a, crash a book a for bus children. Full of innocent children, bring them into this haunted fucking nightmare to feed their souls to this presence. <sighs> the lodge, the winter war. Tanner, I feel like we should take a break. Okay, a little late, but yeah, better yeah. late than never, huh? Yeah. Good night. What, what do you mean, good night? I meant goodbye. Damn it! I was just trying to get you to say it. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, Better help, uh, where we help evil betters to um, make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store, so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly. Um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, And in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash 
Bedfellows. Welcome back. Welcome back. Let's talk about these girls. Let's talk about these. Everybody's fallen in love. And Everyone has found a new beau this week. How could you not when there's so much to coin a phrase? Surrounded by so much good hard wood. That's not the phrase I was going to coin. That's what you were about to say, right? At the lodge? Because it's a, like a lodge? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say when there's so much hashtag swoon. Now, what is that? It's a hashtag everybody uses. I don't think anyone's ever used that, and I don't think it fits with kind of the aesthetic of our show. Hashtag swoon. It's a, you wouldn't know this. It's I think we that, can work on it a little bit. Different kind of hashtag? Hashtag swoon is something that all the kids are saying, all the millennials. We're trying to no, reach a younger no. audience. Are no we one not, says that. Tanner? We're no trying one to says find that. And I a don't younger like it. audience. It's got to be a hashtag. It fucking has to be some kind of a hashtag. Okay. Hashtag, I think I have the vapors. Vapors. Capers? Papers? How about vape? <clears throat> vapors, please. Vapors, please. <laughs> Is that a reference to the hateful papers, please, Arizona law of 2012? That was it. No, it wasn't. I think hashtag swoon. Hashtag swoon is just so played, though. We've done that. What's a what's a synonym for swoon? Faint. Okay, that's good. Faint. Let's run. Let's run that through rhyme zone. <laughs> I don't think rhyme zone is your friend here. <laughs> what did, let's what do teens say when they see somebody who's very handsome? What do teens say? Let me look up Gen Z lingo. I'm going to go to this Hello Giggles article. Oh, boy. Hello Giggles, you did such a bad job with this. Business Insider, this is going to be much better. (laughs) (laughs) Business Insider is is the place where teens go. Yeah. That's where, if you want to know what the teens are thinking, if you want to know what the millennials are thinking and the post-millennials are thinking, Business Insider is your source Okay, they're saying lit is something so people say. Bay? Do you know Bay? Uh, big YOLO. Best... Yeah, YOLO. Okay, Business Insider, you guys are not an authority on this. Adweek, here we go. Adweek is definitely going to know. <laughs> Hello, Giggles, bust. Business Insider, bust. Wow, Adweek, you better Adweek. not let us down. Uh, Gucci? Mood. Everyone says mood. Churchleaders.com. Okay, definitely, definitely going to have something, right? Please, please, just pull something from churchleaders.com. Churchleaders wants to send on. you notifications. Yes, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tell, them, tell them where your location is. <laughs> Click the thing that says you, that you'll let them know what your location is at all times. <gasps> thirsty. That's thirsty. it. It's Hashtag the, it's the thirsty. Thirst. It's yeah. the thirsty. Okay, the thirst you can is do, real. The thirst. thirst. This is there's this perfect. Okay, so and we can um, do like a we can do a sound effect that's like someone like drinking down a, a big um, drink of Gatorade or something. Hearst Tower. Thirst Tower. We don't need to do Rhyme Zone. Um, just thirst. Just, the thirst. Welcome to the thirst zone, babies and gentlemen. Head thirst. No, why are you still saying things? Um, we made it. Unre unre thirst. No, stop it. Immersed in thirst. 
This is our segment called Immersed in Thirst, and it's about... managed to make it bad right at the end, but here we are, and that's what we've decided. It's called Immersed in Thirst. Yeah. It's what the teens are saying, and it's where we talk about who this week is making us hashtag swoon. No, it's who's immersing us in thirst this week. And I had There's two... Fauchman. Hashtag swoon when I got immersed in that thirst this week. Yeah. Um, I went to the top of Thirst Tower oh, in man. Midtown Manhattan. Oh, I thought I was walking through the desert and I got so thirsty that I almost hashtag swoon. Oh, yeah. And I would. I was also in the desert right yeah. behind you. Yeah. And when I made it through the desert, yeah. I was like... Someone give me a brought thirst. <laughs> no, are you still on rhyme zone? And I went head <laughs> I went head thirst into that brought thirst. Okay, stop it. You're ruining it. Let me read you this thing that it's gonna make you hashtag swoon. I rode the ski lift to the top of the expert slope. This is Claudia. What did we I, decide it's called? Submerged in thirst? Submerged in thirst. Submer- okay. Wait, wait, that doesn't even make any sense. Submerged. Is that what we said? Submerged in thirst? Immersed. Immersed in thirst. <laughs> Immersed in, in thirst, just like the teens are saying. Yeah. This is what Claudia says. I rode the ski lift to the top of the expert slope. Oh, Super Babies, something Anna's never revealed to us until now. <laughs> Claudia is like <laughs> the world's fucking greatest skier. Peekaboo fucking street. And it's yeah. just like casually revealed in this book. Like everyone is just like, oh, everyone knows that Claudia is the greatest skier that Stony Brook oh, has really, ever seen. Anne? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Anne. Oh, I guess I guess uh, Claudia makes it up to the slopes of Connecticut for skiing <laughs> per, for skiing pretty regularly, huh? Anyway, I rode to the ski lift to the top of the expert slope, and there I found three kids from my team plus a few other people, and the most amazing looking instructor. Can we cue up some? Sexy music, what do I say? Yeah. And the most amazing looking instructor in the history of skiing. His face was ruddy from being outdoors all day. His, his hair, that's, that's, are you not already? <laughs> that does not even sound attractive. No, but it kind of, I kind of. He's it, like chapped. It made it work for me. Sunburnt. His face was ruddy from being outdoors all day. His hair was blonde and curly. His eyes, is this me? His eyes are um, pale blue. No, your skin is not ruddy. Your skin is um, porcelain. Okay, thank you. Yeah. His eyes were pale blue, and best of all, he spoke with an accent. Hello. He greeted us. All our students were awestruck, especially the girls. My name is Guy. Guy? My name is He pronounced his name so that it rhymed with ski. I am your instructor. I trust that you have uh, good skills. Oh, very. I couldn't help replying. Hashtag immersed in thirst. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think immersed in thirst is good. Yeah. I wish we could have found some way to tie it to the courtroom, but <laughs> overdrooled. Overdrooled is good. <laughs> anyway, there's this very handsome ski ins- ski instructor. His name is Guy. Guy, and he speaks in a heavy French accent. And he's not the only Frenchman this week, Jack. 
And oh, yeah. I would like to take you on a journey into the time that I was immersed in thirst. <laughs> okay. Book. Good. So this is from a handwritten note from Stacy herself. Stacy McGill. Stacy McGill. Tuesday morning. What a morning. Here's something for your book, Marianne. I met the world's cutest guy today. And so His Logan name, is supposed to like this? He's gonna fucking eat this up. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about how horny I am for Pierre de <laughs> Yeah. Alright, carry on. I met the world's cutest guy today. His name is Pierre. Pierre D'Amboise. <laughs> his family is French, but Pierre was born in the U.S. and has lived here his entire life. He doesn't speak with an accent. In fact, he admitted that he doesn't even speak French at all. Pierre has these deep brown eyes that twinkle. I mean, they're really sparkly. And his voice is starting to change, which is so cool. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Is Pierre that- me? It, it does sound a lot like deep you. brown eyes, twinkle, kind of a squeaky voice is starting to well, change. Well, I think the geese sounds like me. Yeah. Hair is blonde and curly. His eyes are blue, and best of all, he spoke with an accent. That's me. I think I Pierre sounds more like me than Gee sounds like. He sounds a lot like me. He's nah. also also bird of the week on Claudia. Claudia thinks that um, Gee is like going to be her fucking boyfriend. Oh uh, yeah. And uh, this she, like this like thirty five year old man. She's like, oh, this guy's definitely my boyfriend because he's like he keeps on like holding her and like being like, oh, your positioning is wrong. For yeah, he's skiing. teaching her skiing. Uh, and she, and Claudia's like, all right, this is it. Like, I think we're, I think I'm in there. Yeah. And then like the big dance happens at the end where like for some reason they have a fucking dance. I don't know why, but. The uh, the Georges insist. Claudia is like the Georges. Yeah, the Georges, Georges are like, like, we're gonna throw you Georges a dance. All the children must dance. Um, You'll dance in celebration of the rising of the king. The dark the beast king. is here. You'll dance in jubilee. <laughs> but Claudia's like, oh, I, I'm I'm not gonna invite any boy to the dance because I, Guy, I know Guy's gonna show up. And then Guy shows up, and Claudia's like, oh, I told you he's here. And Guy is like, hey, hey like this is my wife. <laughs> Marie and here's like our two. This is children. my 35 year old wife and our <laughs> yeah. two children. <laughs> Claudia is just like fucking crestfallen. Honey, this is that girl I told you about who's okay at skiing. Yeah, it's yeah. Claudia, you were literally 13. Guy is like obviously in his 30s. Yeah, <laughs> it would be very very bad, very bad if your dreams came true. Um, so you hashtag swooned over who? Pierre. Um. I was immersed in thirst for Pierre D'Amboise. <laughs> I was immersed in thirst for Guy, the ski instructor. Lots of notes left to get through. I know, huh? I know. Do you think we should just take a quick quick trip to the cool court? Do you mean the cool of law? Is that what we called it? I think so. <laughs> Were we drunk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> As we are now. <laughs> We were drunk then when we decided that it was called the Cool of Law. The Cool, or cool of, of the Land. That's still bad. Maybe it was Cool of the Law. I can't remember. Coolstitution? No, because the Coolstitution was what we were. Maybe it's amending. a gentleman. Super and babies. it was either. This was is either, a segment where we go to court to talk about what's cool. It was either ratified or it's over, over-cooled. overcooled. And then we already have overdrooled. I think. 
Can I say something? Uh, so wait. So is it okay. now canon that the last segment is not called immersed in thirst and it's called overdrooled? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I think when you're when you are immersed in thir- you can say whether or not you're immersed in thirst, and the other person, if they disagree with it, they can say overdrooled. Yeah, sooner maybe. Sorry, there's a lot of world building happening, and this is just part of the creative process. And we're yeah. happy to invite you guys along on yeah, this. Yeah, thanks obviously. for coming along with us on this journey. There are no bad ideas. That's the name right. of the, po- the podcast. Is no bad ideas. Yeah. So when you're immersed in thirst, you can overdrool someone. Yeah. But now we're in the cool of law. Yeah. And you have an amendment to make to the Constitution. Yeah, and you could overcool me. I could ever call you, but I have a feeling I'm going to ratify whatever you're right. about to okay, say. Right, thank God. Okay, your honor. Yes. May, <clears throat> I, <clears throat> may I approach the bench? Uh, okay. Are you... No. <laughs> no, it's not because I'm sad. Okay. <laughs> it's because I want to speak to you. Um, v- Viva Voce. Uh, I think whatever you have to say to me can be said to the entire courtroom All and right, jury. Gonna... May I address the court? Oh, please, yes. Of cool. Uh, please. Your Honor. Mm. Um, sorry, I was just quickly ratifying a amendment to the Constitution that Papa Roach's last resort is cool. Your Honor, Signed may, into law. May I request a new judge? Um, sure, I was close to retiring anyway. <laughs> okay. Let me bring in the guy who started Pitchfork. <laughs> Brian Schreiber? Brian Schreiber. The, the, your new judge, Brian Schreiber. <laughs> okay. Great. Uh, hey, what's up, man? I'm your Let's... new judge, Brian Schreiber. I started Pitchfork, the music review website. I think it's Ryan Schreiber. Ryan Schreiber. I'm so cool. Can I ask and people you like me and respect my opinion why have on you, music? Why have you always been so categorically shitty to Joan of Arc? Oh, I hate Joan of Arc, the the, the pariah who died for her beliefs. <laughs> in the, the Chicago emo band. 13th century. All right, fine. Let me ask you this. Do you think this is cool? It's a moment between Stacy. Oh, sorry I'm so sniffly. I just did cocaine. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. It's because I'm actually. It's because I have a cold. This is me, Tanner, breaking in. I have a cold, but my character, Ryan Schreiber from Pitchfork. Yeah, I hope he doesn't listen. Oh, that would be. Uh, this is a fictional character I'm coming up with. It's not in no relation to an actual person. Okay. All right. Any any likeness to a real life person is purely coincidental mm. and not liable. All right. Let me ask you this: cool Pitchfork founder. Yeah. No, I'm Brian Schreiber. Okay. The the founder of Pickfork. <laughs> okay. Good. This is a passage from the Baby And Series. I love cocaine. Okay. Here's the passage from the Babysitter's Club novel, Babysitter's Club Super Special, number three, Babysitter's Winter Vacation, yep. where Stacy is talking to the handsome boy that she just met called Pierre, who may or may not be French. He's French. His family is French. We're going to find out. Here's what happens. Wow. And I want you to tell me whether this is cool or not. I understand the premise of the segment. Okay. Jack. Jack? That's not the name of me, this cool lawyer. Well, you didn't give me your name. My name is 
Take your time. Uh, is um Guy. No, hang on. Fieri. It's um Oh god. Legolas. Okay. <laughs> what? Legolas what? <laughs> Greenleaf? Just one word. <laughs> okay. Oh god. Okay. Okay. So Claudia's talking to this guy Pierre. Wow, I said. Canada. Are you French Canadian? He's from Canada. Yeah. Canada. Are you French Canadian? I mean, is your family French Canadian? Nope. I, he says nope, but I want to yeah. have him say no. Okay. Is that, is that okay? I'll tell Anne. Anne, a note from Jack. Yeah. Oh, sorry, a note from Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> we think it would be better as no instead of nope. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to start again. Wow. I said, Canada? Are you French Canadian? I mean, is your family French Canadian? No. We're French French. My parents grew up in Paris, but right after they got married, they moved to the States. I've always lived in Vermont. I barely speak French, and I take Italian in school. <laughs> well, you just... Hey, bud, you just spoke French. Did he? Vermont, the Green Mountain. Okay. It's a technicality. Is this you, Tanner, or this is the judge? This is me, Brian. Brian. Brian Schreiber? Brian, Brian Schreiber, yeah. Okay. From Pickfork. <laughs> Okay. Okay. It's sustained. Yeah. I've always lived in Vermont. <laughs> I barely speak French and I take Italian in school. I'm a real embarrassment to my parents. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Do you speak any French? Chevrolet coupe. <laughs> That's cool. Ratified. Ratified. Very cool. That's cool to say. That's a cool thing to say. Someone says, do you speak French? And you say, well, I literally just spoke French. I said Vermont, which is French for the, the Green Mountain. But, the, but yeah, yes, I also speak French. Chevrolet yeah. coupe. coupe. Yeah. It's a kind of car. It's a kind of car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have something you want to... Well, you don't, I'm the, you're the judge. I'm the lawyer. No, now I'm the lawyer. Okay. And you're the judge. So also who are you? Pitchfork? You can be whoever you want to be. Okay, fine. Um, someone that's cool. Yeah. Just name the first cool person you can think of. Uh, Michael Stipe. Not me. <laughs> okay, so it. you're Judge Michael Stipe. Dyke. Okay, yeah. Because we're trying to avoid libel lawsuits. From the band R-E-N. Okay. R-E-N. Yeah. Re- no, R-B-M. Rapid Bowel Movement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, approach the bench. <clears throat> okay. Uh, hello, Your Honor. I have a um, amendment to the Constitution. Mm-hmm. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Anyone can cross-country ski, I said to Sean Benedict. Have you ever been on regular skis? Sean shook her head. Oh, well, that doesn't matter, I went on. If you can walk, you can cross-country ski. So join up, okay? We really need you. All right, said Sean uncertainly. If you promise that it's easy. I promise, I told her. By the way, this is Christy. I looked at Jay Marsden, who was sitting across from Sean. What about you? If you can walk, I know, I know. If I can walk, I can ski, he said. So? Gee, I don't know, Christy. Come on, for our team, for the war. Where's your spirit? Jay looked embarrassed. All right, I'll join. Great. I approached another table. But the kids there must have overheard my conversation with Sean and Jay, because before I could even open my mouth, three of them said, 
we can't walk yet. <laughs> Good. Strong. Cool. Ratified. That's ratified. That's yeah. a cool thing to say. They all bro- they all broke their own legs. Yeah. So they didn't have to fucking co- cross country ski. That's or pretended beautiful. to be babies. We Good. don't know how to walk yet. We're babies. We don't know how to walk yet. They all pretended to be babies. I'll allow it. You'll allow it. Sustained. Sustained. Ratified. Tanner, it may be time to leave. Yes, let's go. Let's dance in the jubilation of the rise of the king of darkness. We have read Super Babies this week from the book of Logan. We have peered into its dark depths. We All we know about it is that it began when Marianne saw a cataclysm, a horrifying accident, punctuated by the screams of children and the blood of their guardians. And she said, I must capture this, and I must put it in a book, and it will be called The Book of Logan. And that is the book that we read this week for you, Super Babies. And now we're corrupted by it. Anyone who touches it is corrupted by it penned by the prophet the frugal master this is the book that in the fucking council of rome they decide in the galatian decree they decided to exclude from the canon yeah the book of logan right super special number three babysitter's winter vacation the book colon the book of logan the book of logan two colons right yeah, I have to go because it's almost 11 p.m. here and I have to go walk my dog. Okay, fine. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenry. Buy our merch. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. Do buy our merch. It's so very good. And, it, and the holidays are coming up. This week we, re- we read a book called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number 3, Babysitter's Winter Vacation. Next week we're reading a book called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number... The titles of these books are ver- are just as long as the books, and It's hard to get through. Yeah. The next week we're reading a book called Babysitter's Club Super Special Number uh, Four. The book of Babysitter's Pierre. Island Adventure. I've heard a lot about this. This week I've been Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. Here's my This is book three of three, and we have mm-hmm. not mentioned this yet. Yeah. But it feels noteworthy. Where Claudia has stepped on someone's arm, generally Stacy's. In fact, I think it's been Stacy three out of three books. She steps on her arm? It has ha- happened three times so far. It happened on the cruise ship. What? Claudia was bunked over Stacy and was coming down from her top bunk and stepped on Stacy's arm. Book two, Claudia was bunked with Stacy at Camp Mohawk and was coming down from her top bunk and stepped on. It's called out in the text each time. Are you fucking Cla- serious? Cla- stepped on Stacy's arm. And s- book three, Claudia is bunked at the Lester Lodge. And is coming down from her top bunk, and below her is Stacy, and she steps on her arm. That is and my crazy. sign off, I think, is don't let Claudia step on your arm. Super babies, Claudia steps on an arm now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Have fun and be careful. Have fun and be careful.
Okay, fine. All right, get, guess what? We went to the bathroom. We got a beer. I also do a thing on our break where I go and bother my wife. Yeah. She's, uh, she is always taking the advantage of our records to go and watch her shows. Right now she's watching a show called Orphan Black. Ugh, bad show. I don't love it. It starts this, okay and gets bad. It's this one lady who plays a bunch of different ladies, and she's good at it, but it's like, couldn't you have gotten some other ladies to play the ladies? But anyway, right. whatever. She's watching it's a lot it. of A lot of actresses out there looking for yeah. work, Hollywood. So I, I chose not to watch it with her, and she is watching it by herself. And I always, during our break, will go in and make her pause, and then I'll just look at her like and be like, hey, so we're taking a break. And she'll be like, okay. Yeah. I do the same thing, except Jamie <laughs> um, falls asleep at 8 p.m. every night uh, as a rule. Yeah. So I'll go out to the living room, and she's asleep on the couch with the cat and the dog on her. And I wake her up. And I think this time I said, hello, you poopy shit butts. Why did you? Why would you say that? And she looked up from her nap and said, oh, hi. And I said, just taking a break, and <gasps> grabbed a beer and walked back in here. That's abusive. I, what do you mean? I don't know. I don't want to repeat it, but I think it's yeah. like a it's a pet it's like a pet name. Oh, I that I Jamie. have for the three of them. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, I, I don't know, Jamie. If you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Because you know the dog and the cat poop out of their butts like constantly. Tanner so does everyone. Well, Jamie kind of gets lumped into the majority there, but yeah. Okay, fine. Look, let's talk about this novel. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>